This episode of Kindred Spirits is brought to you in part by Mundy Development. Whether you're beginning your first real estate purchase or you're a seasoned investor, Mundy Development can assist you with all aspects of the process. Kick off your next investment by visiting mundydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com. You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, here to talk soccer. I think that's what we do on this podcast, right? I'm, I'm having sometimes. a little trouble, a little trouble remembering sometimes. Sometimes we talk about F1. Yeah, sometimes we, we dip it, we dip a little into that. Hasn't been as exciting this year, F1. I don't know. I don't no. know if we'll, we'll talk. Unless you're a Red Bull fan, then it's <laughs> then it rules. Even if you're a Red Bull fan, you're probably like, this is kind of boring. This is race. Anyway, so we won't we won't talk about F1. We'll talk about soccer. See, we first. did it. We did it again. Yes, we did it again. We but can't first, be stopped. But first, John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your uh, How was your weekend? I hope it was well. It, it was well. a pretty good weekend. I went to a car show on Sunday, nice. which is uh, pretty cool. I used to do that a lot when I was younger. Um, uh, and then Saturday, I went to the Spirit and saw the best game they played all year long. So I can't, I can't complain at all. What about you? Um, I, uh, I saw my wife graduate from law school. So hey, she's, congrats! Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. She is finished with law school. She is now uh, getting ready for to prep for that big old bar exam. Um, so law school kind of like just fakes you into believing that you're done, and then it's just <laughs> we like, did oh, it. By the way, here's a here's another test you have to take if you actually want to study the law. Um, the last test, though. The last test, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so that 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 uh, that was a busy, uh, pretty busy Saturday. Also had to work overnight, so uh, mm. I was. Uh, it was not. It was not a uh, weekend for the weary for me, and um, I had to watch the DC United game on replay. So I because DC just plays every. I mean, sorry, MLS just plays every game in between a in between a uh, five hour window, because that's just how they roll this year, this year. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, so they have they started to have some Sunday games. I just think you can maybe space it out a little bit. Maybe give me the belief that maybe I I, I don't have to miss the game or that it's on another day or something like that. So um, I guess let's get into it. Let's talk D.C. United uh, coming away, unfortunately, with a two one loss to FC Cincinnati. Uh, Luciano Acosta with an Olympico. Yes. Like, an attempt like I think like, I think like uh, 95 percent ex- of the way there for an Olympico and then sort of helped with the with the traffic and deflection. So. It might have been an act. I think an accidental Olympico is the way you'd have to describe it. But oh, they, oh, they count. He won't say that. He but won't. Nope, I no, I remember. I remember cross. <laughs> I remember cross shot goals that he scored that he definitely was like, oh, absolutely. I meant to do that. So for sure, he wouldn't. I remember I uh, was at Fabian Spindola did that at a certain point where he like clearly was trying to put it across and it just happened to float into the back of the net. I think I won goal of the week too, funny enough, but um, yeah, DC United falling two to one. I, I, I found it interesting. I wondered, you know, what, what is this, you know, obviously as much as we, as much as maybe we were deluded into the belief that this team after three wins would, this was the start of something incredible and, and like vibes were running high and, 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 and the energy was high and everybody was feeling good. I kind of wondered, you know, what, what is that first loss going to look like? Because we got a tough stretch coming up as much as I'd love to think we could walk into these games, uh, both one against the, uh, on the road against Cincy home against Nashville, and then on the road against Philly. And obviously Red Bull splattered in there in the open cup. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, you know, as much as I went into, I was like, you know, eventually this team is going to pick up a loss. They're still a very much a, 
work in progress question mark slash you know still trying to maybe figure out how what else can we do other besides just serve the ball to Benteke and have him figure it out um so i wondered what that first loss was going to feel like and I, with this game in cincy i was like if we get a draw i'll be happy if we get a win i'll be ecstatic but i think a draw would be happy and and for a while there um it actually looked like where that was that was uh that was the case and I think, you know, the way the team, I think if this team had gone out and embarrassed themselves, lost three to nothing, not really been effective. I think that we've all, we all would have seen that three game for what, you know, maybe we were thinking in the back of our head was that it's a mirage, but overall, I thought the team showed a lot of fight. Um, even when in the first half, when since he had controlled the game, I'd say for about the first 20 to 30 minutes of that game, they never really looked a hundred percent threatening. They never really got too many like clear cut opportunities on goal. And it was DC actually, once they got control of the game about between minute 30 and, and halftime, they had control of the game and they generated two or three very, very good looks, including one from Ruan, which if he puts that away or Benteke puts puts his shot away, uh, maybe we're looking at a different game. Did you see it the same way or, or any uh, any, yeah. any well, deviations for, from that? You mentioned Ruan too. Like I think that the uh, it should not be understated how Andy Nahar coming up injured in warmups was uh, an impact. Uh, and I don't know if you caught that in uh, having watched in a replay. I don't think I mentioned it or not, but um, when w- I think, I think I like Andy the hard chance to bury that <laughs> in, in a, in a parallel universe where he's in that spot. Uh, I think also Pedro Santos not being available through injury. Uh, Jacob green, Jacob green scored last game. And I think he has moments where he certainly looks, he does not look out of place often, but sometimes uh, it's uneven as a, as a young player, it's going to happen. Um, I think those are, I think those are big things to look at the way this game went. But, you know, before we get into the, the nitty gritty or I don't even know how much we're going to get into the nitty gritty, like uh, I was most concerned about not losing. I thought losing is very, very possible in the mm-hmm. current way that things are on the road against this team. Uh, I was very worried about seeing a team that did not fight or just rolled over. And uh, the scoreline, you know, having that goal in the 90th minute doesn't really change the result or anything. But I think it rewards the fact that the effort was there in the second half and they really were grinding it. And, you know, and the goals were, I don't want to say flukish. Uh, the first goal is kind of flukish. Yeah. Uh, the second goal, that kind of happens. Tyler Miller will not be the happiest man in the universe uh, the way both of those went in. Uh, not to say that he was exclusively to blame, but I think that he would also thought that he probably could have done better um, on both of them, honestly. But overall, if you look at this from a 30,000 foot view, People will say DC United has not beaten anybody in the Eastern Conference above them in the table currently. That is true. Uh, but I think on the whole, uh, the improvements there, they have a they have a they have to your point, they show that they can do more than one thing. And it's not just throw the ball off Benteke's chest and hope it works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, as 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 happy as you can feel about a loss, um, I think you I think you have to feel like, all right, well, this doesn't this does not take us off of our trajectory. Uh, it may be it, it resets the idea that, all right, all right, well, you know, if we were thinking first, second and third in the East, maybe we can chill on that a little mm-hmm. bit, because when you throw a talent up against talent, you're still like there's still we're still a little short, particularly if there's an injury in warm ups. But uh, I don't think this shouldn't make you think like, oh, wooden spoon or no. oh, we're going to miss the playoffs as much as one game can do with those things. And, and I think the. I think the depth, I maybe not as down on, on ruin is certainly, he's not a, he, he's a very different type of, of wing back 
when it comes to to uh, Andy Nahar, obviously. Andy Nahar brings you elite dribbling ability, an elite ability to, you know, find space and use it and also to pick out a pass. Uh, Ruan's very much more direct. He's going to speed, use his speed, try to get into the flanks, maybe whip a cross in, try to maybe find a, a player. I thought he still had, he had some moments. I thought making that run to sort of crash the, the right side uh, could have resulted in a goal. Um, so overall, I think it's good. That this team has, has depth. And I think, you know, we talk about, you know, Jacob green, he looked solid. Um, I think there weren't any moments I can partic- uh, pick out in particular that were that were off for him. Um, I think the second, the first goal is is definitely on the flukish side. Maybe you could see, maybe do a little better on crossing. Uh, the second goal, maybe have also, someone at the near post. Yeah. That's that's one job is to do that thing, just to clear that. Um, but that's always like that's always a big argument in soccer. Like, do you actually need that near post guy? And you know, it's it's <laughs> on that play you did. <laughs> yeah, on that play you did. But I mean, it is it is always a. I don't know how much you can really fault the team per se. I mean, it, they certainly gave up the goal. They certainly are at fault, but you're not like, Oh, that was a really bad goal to give up. I was like, Oh, that was a little fluky. Um, and you know, and, and then the second goal I think was certainly, I think the problems when you're trying to push for a lead, you bring in Dahomey um, out on that right side for Ruan. And he is a, well, he can play that sort of defensive role and he has played that in the past. He's very much an offensive minded player. He's trying to push up. He's trying to get the goal. And he gets kind of, I think, caught in that sort of no man's land that we saw from Ruan in certain points in this year. Uh, and also the entire center midfield was pushed up. Um, there wasn't a whole lot back. And Luciano Costa has several seconds, uh, you know, let's say about 10, 15 to seconds pass. to pick a pass out, picks the right pass. I also thought Derek Williams didn't do a good enough job sort of closing down that space. And I think he kind of pushes off, which gives... And I think maybe there was a miscommunication between Miller. I think if Miller knows that maybe that Williams is going to push off, maybe he pushes up a little bit to try to cut off that angle. But I think he thinks, oh, Williams is going to cut that out. Let me make sure there's nothing sort of out in the wings. And then they both get kind of caught. And then it's a very a nicely taken goal. But I think, like you said, not one, I think, not not one of DC's finest defensive moments. Um, nope. but, they, but they did fight back. And they tried to push to get the goal they i think they picked it up in about the 85th minute um off a set a set piece uh taxi food does actually doing i mean this is something that he is uh, a sort of uh, unheralded skill of his which is to lurk at kind of that back post and when that ball drops uh he finds it and finishes it so good to keep him scoring good to get him off the score sheet um yep. i did want to talk about ben sorry go ahead no, I was just going to say, we, there's a couple of players to talk about. Donovan Pines had his lowest statistical rating of the year by a, a strong measure. No, nobody covered themselves in the glory in the back line, uh, but just something just something to look at. I think from a back, from a type of forward perspective, it's something to take. Uh, like, uh, I think that the, you know, if you look at the last couple of games, uh, the Charlotte forwards, n- none of them are Lucho and none of them are Brandon Vasquez. So like, I think that that's something to look out for in the games that are coming in the future. You know, how the, how that three center back system works against different kinds of forwards. We've got uh, Red Bulls tomorrow. I'm curious, and we could talk about this in a minute, like what kind of lineup they're going to send out having just uh, terminated their coach <laughs> and, and also being in last place. And like, I, you know, one of those, what do you, what do you focus on? What do you spend your time on? Uh, but then two games this week with with Nashville on Saturday. That's going to be, I think, you know, a big proof in the pudding situation. A home game mm-hmm. uh, off of a loss. How do you bounce back? How do those players do against Henny Mukhtar, for instance, who has kind of had our, had his way with <laughs> DC in the past? He's kind of done pretty well. Yeah, it'll be it'd be interesting to see how they how they break down. I, I want I did want to add 
I think what did impress me is Benteke was, I mean, for lack of a better word, he was neutralized in this game. He was not as effective, uh, mostly because you're not going up against Charlotte, uh, Charlotte defenders or, uh, you know, Orlando defenders who are not, you know, certainly not as as good as what we saw at yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, as good and Hogland and, and Mosquera are good, are good back line. Yeah. And, and one thing about Cincinnati is that they they have they have not been able to put it together really offensively. But what they have been able to do is keep teams off the score sheet. And that's how they've really sort of, you know, climbed to the top of the table uh, is, you know, even though dealing with, you know, a Lucho Costa going through his last contract, uh, hey, pay me. Um, I, I deserve more money, which DC fans well, and that feel full and well. The uh, obviously Vasquez getting interest from Europe. Uh, so his head's a little bit turned. And then obviously their big their big star striker, Brenner, um, I think already one foot out the door um, into into Europe. So <laughs> and Lewis O'Brien might have broke that other foot, too. <laughs> maybe Lewis O'Brien also I want to mention him he was also really good but I, I wanted to finish my finish my yeah, point sorry. on finish my point on Benteke uh but Benteke I thought still what was still impressive about me is that he still found a way to create moments and create opportunities uh for DC to win and if he you know I think those uh, he had one chance where he was surrounded by Cincy defenders manages somehow I don't know how, like, if he's just such like a big imposing figure that like some some defenders just kind of like don't even want to get in his way that he's just able to take the ball down and like put it on the right spot on his foot where he has the space um, to fire a shot and gets a low shot. And also, um, I, you know, I, and, and I want to say Lewis O'Brien also, I thought, had a very good game again, just shows his class, um, shows his class in this game. Um other than that, like, I don't know if it's like, obviously it's not a brilliant performance from, from anybody. I still think, I still think taxi's maybe struggling a little bit to figure out how he can be these most effective. He's finding his moments, but it's, it's not quite all the way there yet. Um, what did you make of, uh, I'm curious what you thought of uh, Christian Dahomey sort of coming out in the second. Half. I was not impressed from the little bit, the little bit of time I saw. I don't, I, it's very rare that a player will make a first appearance in the team and, yeah. and really, uh, I didn't think he was that fast. I did not like, I didn't think he had great quality on the dribble. And I think he's still probably learning about where, uh, you know, s- tactically where he fits in and what he should be doing. Uh, so I'm, you know, jury's way out. I mean, I give him, I give him three or four or five more appearances before I can really make a call, but he did not stand out to me anyway. I, I thought he was a little bit, I, I actually had forgotten. I was like, who's, I, I couldn't even tell like, who's on the right side. It's definitely not Ruan. Um, so I thought he was lively. I guess you could say when he got out there, I thought um, I thought it showed maybe a little bit of promise. Maybe I'm not as negative on you as it as 57 percent on passing. Yeah, in, well, that's in, in that's, 20 minutes. <laughs> how many passes was that? 14, 14. Oh, wow. OK, so he missed he eight of 14 on passing in 26 minutes. Not great, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Again, you know, hopefully that gets a little bit yeah. better um, as you get learning more your learning your teammates and where they're supposed to be will certainly help your pass accuracy. But that's not giving the ball away that often is not what you want to do chasing a game. Yeah. Um, so hopefully again, hopefully that gets better. But I thought he was lively. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe curious to see more um, to see what he brings his team and, and what role he fits in, whether he is whether Wayne Rooney sees him as starter or pure depth. Um, and I think we'll we'll find that out in the coming weeks. Not sure there's how much else we can really dissect about the game. Is there anything else? I mean, really, it was kind of like the real, like I tried to go, well, there, there has to be a bad performance and a loss, right? And I'm like, maybe Miller wasn't as good, but like mm-hmm. overall, like I can't really be too upset. I don't think anybody played terribly. Like there wasn't anybody who I'm like, all right, we need to, you know, we need to figure out a starting lineup, you know? Maybe, yeah, no changes. Yeah. 
you just just keep going. You know, we'll see what if Birnbaum is hopefully back next Saturday. Um, He's they said two to three weeks okay. for him, and then also two to three weeks for who else was it? There was another player, Santos. Santos, same same time frame. If you notice, we didn't talk about it. Brennan Heinzeik made the bench mm-hmm. uh, for this game when uh, there was an injury early on. It looked like one of the center backs was was going to need Olsen. to be. Yeah, I was like, uh, Brandon Heinzeich is not ready to play 80 <laughs> minutes. So please, God, let him let him shake it off. Oh, yeah, that was the head injury, the the collision between him and I think Miazga. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think that's probably right. I think this, you, you would roll this back again um, for lack of being able to change out Pedro Santos, I think. And, uh, you know, I think we'll talk about this next game because I think that's really yeah. going to what what lineup would you throw out in <laughs> a midweek game at a college against the Red Bulls who have a new coach or a new assistant coach running the team and then a game that you really, really want to win probably on set. It's it's it sucks to already be thinking about like not necessarily throwing the open cup, but like, you know, haven't really having to it, make decisions about it, it. I know that I know there are a lot of fans that that want this team to take it seriously. I, I want them. I think you can I think you can manage some resources. I'm thinking, you know, it, is it maybe an opportunity for Brendan Heinzeich to to maybe get an appearance uh, to maybe go out there like a half, maybe um, like a half. Yeah. Grab him, get him out there for a half. You know, obviously, I think I think you're going you're still going to see a rotated uh, oh, yeah. Red Bull lineup. And I think you'll see a rotated DC lineup, I think, is the question is how rotated last season. It was literally, you know roster lineups and Loudon guys basically. And yep. I, I think to, unfortunately I don't think DC really has the ability to do that this year. Like they have nope. to, they have to kind of rotate the lineup and still play. So they're almost like forced into it. Last time they could just, you know, basically call up, you know, Loudon wasn't playing in the open cup. They didn't have any guys that are t- cup tied. So they could just literally just call them in and play the game. Like it didn't, it didn't even have to be like, it's a very different scenario. They find themselves in because Loudon United is in the open cup. Um, We'll see if maybe I, I can't remember if they have any guys top, if like Samake is cup tied or um, Jeremy yep. Gray as cup tied. Yep. Uh, oh wow, they both are. No, so wow. not happening. Yeah, but uh, uh, we'll see. I, I'm hopeful for a rotate, a little bit of a rotated lineup. I think you know Ruan was shown in pictures, so it sounds like he made the trip. Um, you know, Burbom's obviously out. Do you see Derek Williams? Do you see Pines? Do you see Akinbone? Kind of in there. Do you see a shift in formation a little bit? Because now you've got sort of a different lineup choice and maybe you don't want to run out your three center backs when you're already, that's probably like your thinnest position um, right now, especially with burn Bob being down. Um, so well, it'll be curious. It'd be very curious to see what type of lineup is thrown out there. What type of lineup the rebels thrown out there? Are they, this is our one shot. Let's, let's do DC United 2013 and go for it. Like we have no shot of really making the playoffs. Um, I don't know. It's also a new coach. It's, it's a similar, it's kind of like a similar situation to what DC was in when uh, last season, when they had Chad Ashton as coach, it was like, you know, do they do, does Chad Ashton very clearly threw away the open cup because he's like, we got to focus on the playoffs and this sort of DC sort of in a similar situation. They're sitting mid table. Maybe there's an opportunity to move up and you're kind of like balancing. Like, do you want to, like, do you want to make a run at the playoffs? Is that the ultimate goal? Or do you want to, maybe get a trophy before Wayne Rooney leaves. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be very, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, I think whoever has the more starters out there, probably the team that's going to walk away with the win. Um, yeah. And I will say D I think DC's depth is better 
where if they throw they're throwing out Ted Kudu Pietro, they're throwing out Jacob Green, they're throwing out um, Jacob uh, Green is now your first choice 11, though, yeah, but, and, and just played 88 minutes on. So I think they weirdly, I think you may see that not happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think you may. I think Dahomey actually weirdly becomes your your rotation guy at this point in his in his career. Uh, or in his tenure here with you. Let's look at, all right, let's do this. Let's play this game. Look at the 11 that started on uh, Saturday and how many of them start against the Red Bulls. Christian Benteke. No. No. Bench. Taxi Funtas. Bench. Okay. Taxi Funtas. No. Bench. Either him and on the bench or Benteke on the bench. One of the two. I don't think you'll see both. And you know, I, I think you'll see Benteke just because of his game changing ability. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Ruan. Ruan, I think I think he plays. I think he plays out starts. Of, I he start. He came in. He came in in the Richmond game start, as a as a started, sub, I believe he started. Yeah. So, I mean, he's already sort of in that in that gel of being a starter. Maybe Tahome plays. I, I don't know. That might be the line. I think, you know, if you're throwing Ruan out there, I think maybe then you're going for it a little bit. If you throw Tahome out there, then maybe I'm questioning a little bit. All right. Uh. Mateus Click. Bench. Yeah, I'm wondering. I guess we did we see on the they there was some pictures of the team making its way to New York. Uh the only player I think is in the post is Akambone. Mm-hmm. So let's see if there's any other. So quickly. I saw check Ruan that. and Ted Cudi Pietro, I believe. So it'll definitely be like my like my front my my starting front line, I think, is going to be Ted Cudi Pietro and um Eric Hurtado. Jackson Hopkins also made the trip. Eric Jackson, made the trip. Jackson Hopkins, you could see actually instead of Ruan, I could see that. I could see that. I agree. Happening um, either on the right or left side, and um, or in the center. Uh, I think you'll see Emil Assad. I think he'll be there. Obviously, I, I think your middle your middle pack, Chris Durkin, will probably play um, in this yep. game most certainly. Um, so I mean, you look at you kind of look at like what the lineup is, and you're like very different in the sense that I think it's still a lineup. It's still a lineup that you're not you're, it's you're not throwing the towel even if you make seven eight you know subs i don't think you're really throwing in the towel with those lineup because every single one of those players especially the the young guys in, in ted cudi pietro jackson hopkins jacob green christian fletcher christian fletcher have shown that they can do things out on a uh on oh. a on an mls level I pull back Fletcher then. That's yeah, a, pull, that is, pull that, back Fletcher a little bit. Yeah, that, that's that, that's that's good. Yeah. I didn't know where you were going yet. Matai Akamboni also looks a lot different with braids. He looks like he looks <laughs> like twenty five years old. He looks much older. Uh, I think you'll see Yamil Assad for another ninety, just like you did against Richmond. I hope you see Alex Bono again because mm-hmm. I, I think, think he played play. really really well. Uh, Al- Luis Samudio has got to be regretting signing that DC United contract. He is uh, never ever going to he's just never going to play maybe he'll play in the not even in the league's cup i bet you maybe in like friendlies uh sargis will probably play again mm-hmm. in the back line uh nigel Bertha is still injured paulson is you don't want to lewis o'brien will probably play at halftime yeah well, once again <laughs> as needed the back line is sort of the area that i'm concerned concerned about as far as depth uh and who you have in there maybe yeah. chris durkin ends up having to play one of the center back positions, or you know, maybe again, maybe this team switches to a four four two. Maybe they say we the personnel we don't have three center backs that we can play there naturally, and we shift to a four four two. We'll see. Um, Fred, I, Frederick Briant uh, puts the jersey back on for one game, <laughs> one game one, just so we have the numbers. We'll see. Yeah, too. I'm excited. We'll see, we'll see too if there are any loans, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this as well. I'm excited for 
for more more of the cup and every single game streaming. And maybe yeah. let's, let's let's get let's get into maybe let's get in a little bit of that. Anything oh yeah, else? the the Don Garber saga of uh, Open Cup Slander. Yeah, let me find anything else you want to add. Uh, you want to add about this game? No, not right. You know about the Rebel game. No, uh, I will be at the Aladdin game on Wednesday. I will not be at the Challenge Cup game on Wednesday. I didn't realize they're on the same day uh, and in the same city. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping there's a. I'm hoping the Red Bulls uh, are focused on the league, even though they have nine points. <laughs> I, I still hope the new management's like, oh, well, who cares about the who cares about the cup? I don't really care about the cup. Yeah, um, we'll see. It'll be. I, I think it'll be curious what the coach, uh, the new coach out there, who's uh, obviously comes from Charlotte Independence. Um, we'll see what happens. So oh, they already made. They already hired the 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 full time head coach. Or it's not just on this. It might just be. It might just be. It might be an interim. I, I I have to go look. I'm actually not sure. But Garrett Schuber, we never really talked about that whole situation. I mean. I, the the Red Bulls, I I knew the whole incident with Vinzier. We can all criticize the, the the handling of the taxi funta situation from DC United. What you can't criticize is Wayne Rooney's response to it versus Gerhard Struber's response to it. Which Wayne Rooney was like, "Yeah, get him, get taxi off the field. Let's let we'll let this sort out. Like he can't he can't be out there right now." Yep. Um, and you know I. I when 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 Gerard Struber refused to do that, there was a 20 minute wait. My thought process is how does it feel to be someone in that locker room who just witnessed that from your coach showing when they could have been, you know, a leader, they could have been they instead decided to no, I don't believe it, and he's gonna stay out there. Um and then they found out, you know, again it was true. I I said if I was the rebel organization, I was like running the soccer, I'd be like, You're done. Guy, bye. We can't like you cannot. Or I would have a meeting with the team and be like, you know, I would exclude Struber from it and say, do you want still want him here? And if the response was even remotely 50-50 or gone, I'd be like, well, we're going to go ahead and make a change. Like, And the wild thing was when they asked if that had anything to do with the firing, they said, no, that's not why we fired him. I mean, it's easy. I mean, it's easy to say that when you're in last place, but I, I can't imagine. I don't know if, if it had anything to do with it, but I think it was certainly... What his his reactions, I think, just kind of added it, it kind of added to not only I think a, a and I'm not saying, you know, that Vinzero is just a distraction or anything like that. I mean, it's a very serious allegation, but I think it took the team's focus away from their job and what they have to do. Um, and I think it's very hard to sort of come back from that sort of from a morale because morale does play a, you know, does play a role in. In soccer, we saw we saw it with DC when they suddenly started. You know, once they got that win in Orlando, it was like suddenly they are riding high and they're you know winning winning games and certainly also the win against Montreal as well. So, you know, morale plays an important thing. But let let's get to uh, I want to get to Don Garber's comments because this is something I think um, I think we have uh, we have talked about. So if you weren't um, if you weren't aware, and this so so let's start with I guess how this started. So uh, U.S. Soccer holds I believe it's a governance board meeting. Um, so I think with most of the leaders on, I think it's just a regular, regular annual meeting. Um, and it was sort of brought up and, and actually, um, I, I saw the, I think the slide, you know, us soccer, we talk about the Lamar hunt, us open cup. We talk about, you know, how much we as, you know, we as soccer nerds love it. We love the, we love the idea of it. It's something, and you know, I think it is a, I still think it is a untapped potential, um, moneymaker for us soccer and an untapped behemoth. Um, if they can really, if someone can figure out how to go in there and, and tell the stories that need to be told, 
um, you know, it could be something incredible and amazing um, every every year. And it, it'll, you know, get the tickets out there. And um, so, you know, there, there was a there was a quote from Don Garber. Um, and I think people people in the media cherry picked a quote, uh, basically him referring to the uh, him referring to the state of the grounds that his team have to go to. And that instantly led to, you know, a whole lot of criticism um, of Don Garber. And, you know, I think it's fair. I think it was a little bit cheap considering, number one, you had a player just last week blow out their ACL playing on turf. Um, and uh, the New York player, I forget his name, Barrero, I think his name is. Um, talented player, talented player for for New England. Um, blow out his knee. You have a NYCFC team that has played for now a decade at Yankee Stadium or shuttling between different other different fields. Uh, you have other. So it's kind of like, who are you to talk about, you know, the quality of fields when, you know, you you have turf fields, you have, you know, the quality of your fields aren't necessarily that great either. So you're one to talk. But when you read his overall comments, I think he makes some very fair points. And one of which is just the quality, number one, the quality of the broadcasting. Um, it's it's fine. It's certainly better than it was, but it's certainly nothing to write home about. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's more of a challenge to Don Garber. And I think a lot of other people, you know, disingenuously, the anti MLS, the pro rel USA crowd are like, well, Don Garber just wants it to go away because he doesn't like it because it's not an open tournament. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think he would love it. He would love it if this was like a main attraction every year. The third round of the Open Cup against lower division teams, if it was selling out stadiums, if it was generating revenue for clubs that number one, also a tournament they don't have to run and they don't have to promote. It would be free money for them if this was a big thing and they were able to generate interest off. It'd be a big thing, too, if also if there was a huge cash prize associated with winning it. 300,000 is is certainly better than it's been. I think it was, what, 50,000 at one point or 100,000. So it's gone up, but it certainly hasn't gone up by the measure. So I I disagree. I think he wants it to be bigger. And I think he also is also maybe a challenge to some to USL and some of the lower division clubs um, to I think he was trying to challenge them to get their affairs in order and start you know providing quality fields, which, again, I think is unfair considering some of these clubs are week to week. Um, and I think there's been a lot of people I've talked to who play at, uh, uh, you know, when I've had meet and greets with kickers who talk about how much they love city stadium, that's not a world-class facility, but it's a great grass field. It's certainly the players love playing on it. And, you know, it's certainly a step up from several of the other league, you know, things in the league. So I don't know, interesting comments. Um, I think it's, I think it's good that us soccer appears to be sort of shopping around. How can we make this tournament bigger? How can we grow this tournament? Um, I think it is maybe, it's an opportunity for them, I think, to maybe put some investment into it. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see what the uh, what the result is. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the on the comments or? No, I mean, other than the fact, kind of reiterating, it's not Don Garber's job to make the Open Cup good. Yeah, um, it's the Open Cup job soccer. to make the Open Cup good. Yeah, U.S. Soccer's job, and it's almost like if I'm Don Garber, I say, why am I allowing my teams to? Uh, enter and engage in this tournament that brings nothing to me, nothing to the league, nothing to the teams, no additional media attention that, that redounds to the league. It's almost like a, you, you, you should do this cause it's good for soccer in the, in, in the United States. And like, okay, that's a reason. Certainly it's a good reason, but also uh, make it worth our while. Make sure that we, that the standard of professional soccer does not get, 
pushed down too far by making it too inclusive, right? By, mm-hmm. by expanding it to areas that, and it's not their fault, right? Their operating budget is, you know, one third of a Jacob green or whatever it is mm-hmm. like, granted they don't have full-time groundskeepers, whatever there's reasons and all that stuff. But I think it's certainly fair for him to say, uh, this is not it chief. Uh, this needs to be better. It needs to be better from a media perspective. It needs to be better from a competition perspective. If you want MLS clubs to take it seriously, that's how you, that's how you get there. I think that's, I think that's totally fair of him to say. And if it came off kind of dickish, then it was because half of, because it was clipped, but also because, you know, it's it's some hard truths have to be delivered sometimes. Yeah. And you know, again, I I take a se- exception with his I think we talked about it, I take obsession with his cogs, but I think is his I think I've I've expressed great frustration um for several weeks now about the the broadcast. Well, I'm happy that these games are being broadcast. I think it's good I, at the end of the day, I think it's good that it's like it's free and that's good. And I think it's also good, you know, CBS and the Glazo Network have really stepped up. Um, and started to actually cover some of these games. Um, and I think that's a very, very good thing that they are willing to. They don't own the rights, but they say, hey, here's some soccer. We need soccer to show. We'll take it like we'll we'll, we'll do the broadcast. Um, so I'll be curious to see what the the future, the future of it is next season. If this was kind of a well, we're going to kind of reset and kind of gauge interest. And I think they talked about they, they've had the the ratings or the streaming was up like uh, week over week. So there certainly is. I, I think there's, it's not a massive, you know, million, you know, million fans a week watching this, but I think there is, you know, as the, as the soccer gets more and more entrenched and gets more diehard, there starts to develop interest. And, you know, you get in these smaller markets. It, I mean, the third round of the open cup could be like the biggest week in soccer where you have, you know, cities all over the world tuning in to watch their teams play in these games. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is you have these teams that have built up in the lower divisions that are staples in their community like Richmond's done. And I, I will say, I think Taylor Twelman had probably like the worst comment of it all when he was what? like, yeah, he did. He, he, uh, did you read his comment? No. He said something to the effect of, well, it, you know, the lower division sides don't want the tournament because it costs too much money for them. And that's I, not true. Yeah, it's a flat out lie. Every single lower division team wants it. The DC United game versus Charlotte last year, I'm sorry, Richmond versus Charlotte uh, last season in Richmond was absolutely packed for a Wednesday night. I could not find parking. I had like gone out into the stadium. Like I thought, oh, well, I'm 30 minutes beforehand. I should be fine. And it was packed. So when MLS teams come to town, you know, they are a draw for these lower division sides because it, it's something unique and it's something interesting. And that, that certainly hasn't been... I would say maybe like 10 years ago, that wasn't the case, but I think that has been the staying power of MLS has sort of been that draw. Again, a lot of people have said, well, then give the lower division teams a host. I don't agree with that. I think it kind of cheapens the whole tournament. That's just me. And you're also drawing arbitrary lines with, you know, divisions and everything like that. So, yep. All right. I think that'll, I think that'll do it. Um, I don't know if we want to preview anything about, um, I'll <laughs> about talk Nashville. about, now for the Friday show, I'll have I'll have some info on that. But John, the, uh, yeah, John, oh yeah, how, how can people listen to the Friday? Oh show? yeah, that's a good point. If you <laughs> wanted to listen, if you're if you're some sort of podcast freeloader who's listening to this on a Tuesday and don't even know what I'm talking about, we have a, a Patreon, a Patreon.com/slash/RFKRefugees that gets you a immediate access to this show on Monday night. B gets you extra episodes. C gets you our love and affection, um, and that's the things it gets you, and gets you stickers too. So also D stickers. Um, so yeah, check that out Friday, every Friday. I try to, uh, 
get some, I, I will definitely have information from the press conferences. Sometimes I'll have audio clipped in just decide depends on how industrious I feel mm-hmm. and how light my work day is on Friday, which honestly folks is not very light very often. So you might just be getting my notes, but either way, uh, if that's something that interests you, go ahead and join up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and drop it as a tease. Um, I won't commit a hundred percent, but I might do a quick Patreon only post game for the Red Heck. Bulls. Yes. So get some kind. Might just be me talking out. I think John, John, I don't know if John will want to join, but if he does want to join, maybe we'll do a quick, uh, quick five, 10 minutes on the reviewing that game. So definitely, uh, definitely get, get in the Patreon. We've already had a bunch of people join, John. I don't believe you read the Patreon subscribers. Is there a new one this week? There might I believe, be a new one this week. I believe there was at least one new one. I believe I saw. Hold on. Stand by. We got, <laughs> this is worth holding. This is worth holding. Yes. And uh, there are also uh, other ways you can join us as well. Um, you can also go to P- Amazon Prime, uh, your Amazon Prime membership, if you already pay for that, which I think a lot of people do. You can go on Twitch.tv and you don't even have to pay us and you can still help support the show. And here's the thing that you should notice. And th- this was called out to me by Rich, listener Rich. You have to redo that every month. So if you're listening to this mm-hmm. saying, oh, I did that that one time, that, re- that renews. Nope. You got to do it every month. Yeah. We have to do it every month. It's annoying. Uh Thank you to Stephen Clad and Hamaduba for becoming Patreons this last week. Uh, so you want to join the Cool Kids Club and get some and get some stickers? This is the way to do it. Yep, absolutely. Be, be like Ted's dad, who also joined us as a Patreon. <laughs> level. Yep, and also you get spirit, you get uh, spirit pregame stuff as well. So you learn a bit about the spirit. We got yep. spirit coming up next, uh, guys. So if you're on the live stream, stick around. We'll probably do that. And uh, but if you're listening, go check out Kindred Spirits if you're on the free show. And also on the Patreon show, by the way, you get both episodes just all in one feed. So you don't even have to like switch That's around right. your podcast. You just get it all in one. Just feed. one it's long great. episode. It's great. <laughs> and you don't even need to do five dollars. We have that one. The, the 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 full show, I think, is is passes below the five dollar tier. I'll have to Correct. check that to be sure. Correct. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos. Welcome in, folks, to Kindred Spirits here on the RQ Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, here to break down. John, you uh, you got to uh, witness the Washington Spirit live in person out at Audi Field. Did you get? Did you manage? I know you were in the press box. I was, but did you manage to sneak down to see if you could maybe steal some of the brunch and the unlimited mimosas? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, and I I probably could have. They, uh, I gotta say, listen, I, I think Jason <laughs> Jason uh, Anderson alluded to this. This is one of the this was one of the best days in the press box. There was French toast. Uh, there were ice cream sandwiches. There was Ooh. banana pudding. It, they went they went off. They went ham on the great selection of food. So for one, you know, I don't want to say for once. Usually I will. This is all stuff that you care about, listeners. Usually I will go downstairs and pay with my own money to get pupusas or, or whatever else <laughs> or chicken or chicken tenders uh, because I am dumb. And when I'm at a soccer game, I want to watch eat the food that I normally eat at soccer games. Uh, but yeah, that that's, I mean, I talked, I tweeted about it. I tweeted a lot this weekend and hello to all, all of our new followers because <laughs> I tweeted a lot. Um, but the, everything about the way the spirit is doing, uh, doing things at Audi field is exponentially better. And that, you know, that includes the real important things like food in the press box, but it also includes uh, game day presentation. They've got like a they've got a house MC uh, through the game. They've got better graphics. They've got a uh, uh, player post game awards on the field that is that's over the PA. Uh, every, everything is just better. The only thing I would say they it would be great if they could put the uh, the PA that goes out onto the field in the press box so we could hear who got a yellow card. That would be nice. Uh, but other than that, I gotta say like. Uh, this is 
it's on par for me from a stadium experience DC United now. Like it's like they've got they've they've they're right up there. It's it's one A one B except for the Spirit tickets are much cheaper, uh, and uh, they are in first place in the entire league. So that's that's an advantage. <laughs> yeah, uh, they and they finally uh, they finally put it together. Um, I think this was by far their best performance of the year. I mean, when you score three goals, um, I think it's no coincidence. Uh, no coincidence that as soon as Ashley Sanchez makes an assist, scores a goal, uh, that suddenly the offense is uh, the offense is clicking. I think she was the last kind of piece um, where we hadn't really seen her really put it together, and she had a fantastic second goal um, to, to score. So yeah, um, she she missed. We we spoke to her after the after the game. She had. Uh, she scored her third chance where she should have definitely scored. <laughs> Basically, Trinity Rodman was like, I'm going to every single time run down the left-hand side. And for some reason, Ashley Sanchez will be wide uh, wide open at the top of the box. And then Ashley will mess will mess up two or two three times. She got the third one. Uh, but yeah, she was definitely cooking. The whole team was, uh, as you said, the, the XG the XG chart was, was off the rails. It was, I think they almost had, I think, 1.9 XG final. Which I said 1.8 in the press box, so no one else heard that. But I know, I know that I, I could just feel it. Like I'm, the matrix is presenting itself. I'm seeing the XG numbers on the field. I'm like, that's 1.8. I could tell. Uh, but let's talk about the lineup. There were not a lot of changes, and I think you could say there were no changes. Mm-hmm. Amber Brooks once again deputizes uh, at right back uh, mm-hmm. in 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 the uh, in the spirit formation. I think that this was a game we talked about ahead of time that this was going to be uh, the San Diego wave were coming off of a bad loss against Orlando and would like to get back to where they were uh, prior to that. And they just didn't, they didn't the entire game. Alex Morgan was put into witness protection uh, by Tara McKeown and Sam Staub, but specifically Tara McKeown. Uh, we talked at the beginning of the year, we were kind of concerned about, you know, multiple players being shoehorned into a back line. And someone in the press box was asking if she had played defense before. Or why? Why is she a center back? I was like, why indeed? But she <laughs> is. She is in fact a center back. But she is, uh, you know, she is. She is. Ne- she's doing what Paige Mateo did in the first game, which was put uh, an OL rain in her pocket in a, in a game where it was her first game as a professional. And Tara McKeown took one of the best forwards in the world and nullified her for eighty. However, many 90 minutes, basically, she was just completely a non-factor. It was uh, we talked to uh, Mark Parsons after the game and said, you know, that what 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 did you see out there? Obviously, three goals is like it it was the back line and the goalkeeper. But really, the the back line, the back line did did all the work. They nullified everybody the entire game. They're pissed that they gave up that goal in the 90th. But Tara McKeown was and she's I'm looking at foot mob she's the lowest of the lowest score to the back line I think because uh Sam Stubb got an assist but I was just blown away at her ability in the air uh I'm blown away at her at her footwork um four out of seven aerial duels one that feels like it should have been higher uh four clearances two headed clearances two interceptions and five recoveries she was just a, a, a hoover back there it was fantastic yeah I mean it, and you talk about too I also thought the Middle of the field. I mean, the spirit just absolutely dominated. I mean, there was no, there was no. Not only did I think the, you know, did uh, Sam Staub and um, Terry McKeown kind of nullify, um, 
nullify Alex Morgan. There was really like no way for her to even receive the ball to get a you know decent opportunity. When Alex Morgan's best opportunity comes, I believe like right at the kickoff. And it was also a play that was offside that I thought via, like the assistant held his flag a little bit, a little bit too long there because there was a huge scrap in the box. And then eventually once the spirit had fully recovered it, then the referee threw his flag up for offside. I get that they want to hold it because there is VAR, but Alex Morgan, when they did the replay was clearly offside and, I, and the announcers need to get a little bit. I think there's some adjustment with some of the, this is like the second time this has happened where I feel like they, Oh, what a great run, great opportunity there for, for the attacker. And I'm like, she's like a good four or five steps offside. Like that would have not counted. Like, can you mention that please? They did actually catch on. They were like, Oh, I think Alex Morgan might've actually been offside there, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, but basically that was the only real genuine chance that she had in the game. And it would, it would not have counted because of offside other than obviously the goal, but right. Um, you know, really just, and I thought the midfield, it was almost like, the midfield for the wave was just not there. Like it was just the back line trying to figure out how to handle, you know, Ashley Hatch, uh, Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Rodman sort of running at them. And also um, the other sort of players, but like the spirit could just pass through that midfield consistently, like without yeah. fail. No, they no real challenge put up from them. And I mean, the, the only thing that's that stunk was that the spirit just I, I felt like in the first half, especially they were they weren't able to really. And I wonder if that was maybe in the halftime talk is like, look, you're getting good opportunities, but you guys aren't you're getting them outside the 18 and you're just not you're not going to generate yeah. the power to trouble the keeper unless there's traffic or something. So get that ball, you know, closer to goal and really try to to try to power home a shot. And the first goal, of course, comes from a from breakaway opportunity. So. Yeah, that that was the, I think that that was the only thing the defense could do basically was try to force shots from outside the 18 and to mm -hmm. your point shouldn't have done it because it just wasn't working out. Uh looking sort of at the at the lineup and looking at this again looking at the ratings, Ines Jorina rated only a 6.6 .6, but watching the game uh I think she was pivotal so was Paige Mateer. Uh those those two eights uh, around Andy Sullivan were very good. That's how Trinity Robin Ash Sanchez got so many opportunities. The, 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 the mission was Mark Parsons says, get the ball to the number 10 as soon as possible. That's your goal. That's all. Look for her. Every time you get the ball, move it quickly and then let her go. Uh, so that's good that they're seeing that, right? Like that is mm -hmm. that, that, that increased the dynamic of the offense. And also, you know, the big conversation up until this week was, is anyone going to score other than Ashley Hatch? Ashley Hatch had a quiet game and everybody else around her was was on fire. So I think that this is potentially the way they unlock that that real attack that they want to build. Yeah. But Trinity Rodman was the problem the whole game. Man, of the, a woman of the match, uh, goal scorer, a sister. Uh, should, it, was, should be should be player of the week, but, but for somehow some reason, wasn't in the wasn't somehow not even in the well, option. To be there. You, you know, the reason for that, right? Is it the eight? Is it not being old enough to drink? Yeah, it's it's the sponsored. Should be twenty one in like a, a couple days. This, that's very dumb. I mean, don't they have? I mean, so if they advertised like, couldn't they? It, like Budweiser has to produce some like sort of non alcoholic drink. They do. They, zero point zero. They do. Yeah, couldn't they? It's called Budweiser. The Budweiser zero point zero award or something like that, or just like the non alcoholic drink, and then. I mean, maybe they could get away with that. I don't know. But uh, either way, it was maybe I don't know. Maybe next time, once that contract runs out with Budweiser, come up with another. Yeah, someone says, give give them an award that everyone give. Make sure give them a sponsorship thing that does not limit people from being able well, to get an award. I think the funniest thing was is that somebody didn't realize that. And I believe Trinity Rodman was in the initial vote. 
And then I think somebody whistled down and was like, hey, she can't. She's not 21 yet. She can't yeah. win the award. So they had to like redo the poll. And so, um, again, more more fun things with uh, with NWSL. Um, the, these stats for her, just so she was uh, a goal and assist, five shots, four chances created, uh, 49 touches, five for five, 100% successful dribbles. Uh, <laughs> That's that's bananas. Uh, five recoveries on defense, fifty percent of her ground duels, seventy five percent of her aerial duels. She was only fouled twice, according to this book, uh, but uh, a lot of them weren't called. She <laughs> she so so I think it's a lot higher than that. We were gonna I was gonna ask her in the in the press conference about sort of the the Hacka Rodman uh, strategy that was in play last year, and it seems like in the first half they were continuing it, uh, but it wasn't helping. And she wasn't, she wasn't sort of let the, the book on her was that if you foul her and uh, enough, she gets out of her head and doesn't play anymore. It's wild to think that this is already her third season. Like she's becoming a young veteran uh, in the, in this league. And she just, she just put it to him. I mean, she, they, the spirit are not going to lose any game in which she plays like that. I think that's, that's just, that's just the facts. Her, her and Sanchez with the connection they have, which we should talk about. That was a, that, that was a sort of a plot line. Uh, this week, Vladko had come out and saying he wanted to see more of a connection between them two because he wasn't really seeing it uh, at the club side. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then and then this game happened. So yeah. the, the first goal, by the way, I want to talk about it. Just a it was very much kind of it, they dominated the possession. I think the way he finally got broke through a little bit of that pressure. And then it's very clearly they did. They did not push back well enough because basically I think it was um, uh, I believe it was Andy Sullivan who found. Uh, Ashley Sanchez and Ashley Sanchez just hits a an inch perfect ball right into the feet, uh, right into the path of Trinity Rodman. Defender maybe could have done a little bit better there, so certainly maybe it was a little bit a little bit fortunate, but still, you know, you like to see that type of pass from her. Uh, finds Trinity Rodman and and she slots it away for the assist. And the second goal, like you said, was just Trinity Rodman bombing down the field. Uh, finds Ashley Sanchez, uh, who just plays a, a great shot. Um, that I think. Again, with the traffic that's in front of the keeper, I think it's very difficult for her to see that. Unstoppable. Um, yeah, just a really, really nice goal. And then the third goal, friend of the show, recent uh, Kindred Spirit guest. The the Paige Kindred Mateer, Spirits boost right there for Paige Mateer. <laughs> for sure. Scores off of a header on a quarter. She's 5'10". It's certainly a great target to try to hit, and uh, they were able to do so. And she, gets, she got the game ball. Uh, I'm really happy for her. This is like a, you know... There was a whirlwind to just make it into the league, but now to, to score her first goal, to be an every game starter, to be part of a midfield that shuts down whatever team they're playing against. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes for her. I think she is having uh, Anna Halfordy had this kind of season, but I think had uh, some ups and downs. And but Paige is a pretty consistent performer every single game in the spot that she plays. So really happy to see her continue to to do her to do her thing. Yeah. And, and you talk about you you talk about what this team needed coming into this year. I think it had to be some players stepping up and, and you know, players that are not the stars on the team and and putting in performances. And I think Paige Mateo has has filled that role. I think Terry McKeown has filled that role in defense. I think she has solidified herself as a defender. Um, I think that's a I, we all we all doubted. We all doubted the move, I think, from um uh, when we heard about it and I don't think we're doubting it anymore. So um, I think she, it took a little bit and maybe took a couple, 
and I don't think she'll ever be perfect, but I think moments like this are, are what you build upon um, and sort of her making that transition to, to professional defense. It's not like there are very few defenders in the world that have been able to contain Alex Morgan. And the fact that she, that she was able to do that along with Sam Staub, I think is, is a tremendous achievement for with 10 her games of, experience. Yeah. With 10 games, 10 pro games experience in the mm-hmm. back line. Um, we'll say that much. So, uh, she wasn't uh, playing Alex Morgan though at you at a at, in college, so this is so this is a, uh, but they're you know, yeah, I, 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 that's 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 one of the major things that the storylines here are that they are, uh, the the attack is doing what the attack can do now finally start and that's sort of what Mark Parsons said from the start. It's going to take a while. We're getting closer. He said it in the the midweek press conference that. They had the best 11 v 11 they've had all season in training this week. So basically things were just trending towards the right direction. Uh, and now after, after another victory, and again, I think they were, they were top of the league uh, before the rest of the action happened. So I'm not sure if they still are. They're third right now. Oh, okay, so and Portland have sort of captured, um, have, have retaken, retaken. We're still, we are still, uh, we are oil rains only loss on the year. So there we go. That's good. The, the bogey team, good bogey team continues. Uh, and now they have a game uh, to on Wednesday. They have another yep. Challenge Cup game. Uh, if you remember, they, they already played one Challenge Cup game. It's their only loss of the season uh, against. Who was it? Who, who did we play in the Challenge Cup? Uh, Gotham. Uh, Gotham. Yep. And lost one so. nothing. So I think you're likely to see another heavy rotation uh, here on the midweek. Uh, Chloe Ricketts continues to look like she's not out of place when she mm-hmm. comes in, which is great. And I think you're probably going to see her maybe from the start on, on Wednesday. I think that's entirely possible here. I mean, I think at this point you're looking at her as maybe a player you bring in to start once, you know, once we have the world cup and everything like that, oh, yeah. I think she, she's going to get a lot of run out there. So uh, great pickup, great pickup from the team. And uh, I I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, just how good she can be. Um, and hopefully she can, she can grow into a better player as, as these, as we expect, um, we expect m- to have the spirit missing at least four or five players. Yep. Um, we'll see once I'm not sure when the roster is going to be released, but we should be, I think we're approaching that time where we're going to see the roster come out. So I think um, if you look at the subs in the bench that you are looking at, you're going to see most of those players. Uh, Marissa Shiva is doing media tomorrow. So that's a good sign that she's going to start on Wednesday. That's usually the way that goes. Maddie Owell's back from injury. You're going to see her, uh, Chloe Ricketts, like we just said. Now, do we see Aubrey Bledsoe take a break? Probably not. She's probably going to play that game because that's how she rolls. I would love to see Cam Bogalski get uh, 90 minutes in Amber Brooks's spot at right back. I'm not sure if she's injured or what, but she was uh, one of the better defenders on the team last year on a very bad team, but she was a very good defender last year. So I'm, I'd like to see her uh, on Wednesday. Who are they playing in the Challenge Cup game? Orlando. Orlando. Okay, Orlando team that is... Uh, he, as I just said, did beat, uh, on the road, did beat, uh, San Diego pretty solidly, but otherwise is 10th in the league with a negative six goal differential. But, you know, if you remember from the challenge cup, when, when you take out the front three that this team has, that has always been the problem with the spirit, right? That they struggle to find an offensive identity without those three players in the field. So look to see, I think with, you know, with the schedule being what it is with the team taking the challenge cup how they're taking it. I think it's entirely possible. You're going to see another rotation, uh, a serious rotation because you've got, wow, you got angel city on Saturday. And that's, a, and that's a game you're, they're really going to want to make sure that they win. So I think, yeah. 
You're going to see least, heavy rotation. Or at least pick up a point considering it's on the road. Like I will, yep. I will, I will say that at least in a very challenging to play in stadium. Yep. Uh, that looks amazing on TV. <laughs> That's certainly one to. It's, it'll be a spirit after dark 10 p.m. situation, but <laughs> it's Saturday and I can just drink a lot of coffee and we'll be all right. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, great win, mm-hmm. commanding win. Uh, I think the spirit are just now going to get rolling. To be honest with you, I think that that, that is what we wanted to see. To, to what is what is this team going to look like once they get their offense actually firing on all cylinders and not relying on Ashley Hatch to do a bit of magic or score a penalty. So let's, let's see. I just dis, discount this game on Wednesday in my mind. However it goes, however it goes, who cares? Uh, but Saturday is Saturday is another big, a big test. If they can get a point on the road, like Ted said, that's, that's great. If they can win even better, cause I think you're going to want to, you're going to want to roll your full squad out there. Your 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 best 11. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you talk about the challenge cup game. We'll see what Orlando does. They do have Marta and Adriana, but those are not players that, you really can afford to have out there for, you know, game, game in, game week out. Uh, Marta is still a fantastic player, um, still a top quality player, but certainly uh, not 22 anymore um, and very much uh, getting up there in age. So that's a player you have to manage minutes if you want to get the most out of. So, and I mean, in the spirit, we'll see them again in 10 days uh, yep. in Orlando on the 20th. So <laughs> keep that in mind as well. Yep. Yep. Again, for the for the Challenge Cup again. Is that right? Maria? That's for the uh, league. That's for the league. Okay. I'm looking at that. By the way, Orlando is on. You talk about them. They are in the bottom of the 10th uh, uh, in the league, but they do are off a two-game winning streak. They beat Louisville FC. Um, Before they Louisville. beat San Diego? Yes, Louisville. Louisville, Race, who is also Louisville, worse sorry. than them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> who is in 11? Uh, Chicago Red Stars, uh, a team uh, that, well, I think that that's tough, right? Because that's clearly a lot about the fact that Mal uh, Swanson went down and she was such a important player to them. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, and also that you don't need to talk about the drama that's going on right now in Chicago. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sporting yeah. Sporting director. Sure. Their sporting director was let go because uh, I guess she felt, she failed to disclose that she worked for a youth department where a coach that had re- already received a ban was working at wild story. Uh, Meg Linehan uh, with the story. And <laughs> again, again, seeing why so many other organizations uh, say no comment, because if you say something to a reporter and you do not state you're off the record, they will write it down. And that's exactly uh, that's exactly what we saw in that article. Great, great reporting from Meg Linehan, who basically I, I think she kicked off the she kicked off everything. I think she had the story. She asked the Chicago Red Stars for comment and they were like, what? We didn't know about this. And then they looked into it like, yeah, uh, you need to go. So uh, I guess it's I guess it's a do we see this? And I, and I don't want to say what we see as a positive, but do we see as a positive that the league reacted quickly? They know the situation. They removed they removed the the person from the situation. Or is it again just a continuing like cycle of just like bad and and worse? And honestly, the youth side, the youth side is very bad right now. Um, it's bad all over U.S. soccer. This is another example of, you know, not many people want to go out there and, you know, coach youth soccer players. And so there's a very small pool to pull from. And that pool can tend not to be not to be very good. Um, there are some amazing youth coaches out there. I'm not saying they fall everywhere, but I'm saying there's a reason we see this. There's a reason we see the, the is a lot in youth sports. Um, there's a there's a very good reason for that. So. I would say it's uh, the bare minimum is that they're getting better on uh, moving quickly. Mm-hmm. The it would be great though if we stopped hearing 
<laughs> every year, every every month, basically. Uh, if May Glenahan and Molly uh, Clancy Brown, or uh, Molly, Molly <laughs> last name, I always mess up, can stop having to break an expose every quarter, I think that'd be great. Bad for them because they're killing the game. But as far as like just for the health and safety of the league, it'd be great if there was less uh, front office intrigue and coaching challenge and coaching I, carousel. But I am sure, I am sure if you actually ask them, I'm sure the, these stories garner the most clicks garner the most attention i mean that the story that molly uh that molly broke basically molly you know, hensley clancy i had yes, the yes, words yes. i had them in the wrong order i mean the story molly hensley clancy broke basically you know made really was her first stamp career in journalism i'm sure you know i don't i don't think she would have any argument against that 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 was her first big break of a story but i'm sure if you ask them do you want to stop writing about this stuff absolutely they want to stop writing like this stuff yep. has to be exhausting to write about and have to, each year to write about it and to hear these stories and and, and everything so um, but honestly great on them i i feel like the development of that side of the media has been a and the I think these these people were allowed to get away with it because there wasn't dedicated media covering these types of stories and 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 these types of players. And that's why they were allowed to get away with it. Now you are seeing journalists who are covering this, who are able to really push um, on some of these stories. And they have mediums now that are willing to publish it or willing to hear them out, especially. And I think that's an important that's an important side to how this is sort of, you know, certainly the players have played a massive role in it, but it's been sort of the media shining that spotlight and magnifying it has sort of been a crucial part to why we've why we've gotten to I I would argue it's it's not still not great. It's still not 100 percent, but it's certainly a much better place um, than it was two, three, two, three years ago. So, all right. I think that's going to do it. Um, unless you have anything else you want to add or drop or no, if you're, if you are a brave soul, that's going to be at Audi field on Wednesday with 25 of your best friends, uh, <laughs> uh, send us a picture of the stadium. I'm very curious what it's going to look like. It's going to be midweek, uh, with, with a, with a game just this weekend with a, uh, this is going to be, this would be tough sledding, I think. But, uh, it, it, I think, you know, it's not impossible that the team could get a win against a pretty bad Orlando side, mm-hmm. even with sort of a rotated lineup. If you leave those, those three players on the bench and not, and don't, you know, we don't say that they're going home, like have them on, say you're going to play 20 minutes at the end of the game. I, th- I think you could do this. I think it's yeah. very possible. I would like them to win because just from the purse perspective of the players getting a nice little bump from winning it, it would be, it would be great <laughs> for them to win a lot of them. So yeah. Cur- curious what they think about it. I mean, I think I do think players like Trinity Rodman, Ashley Hatch and Ashley Sanchez that have, I don't, you know, again, higher aspirations is making the World Cup squad and the bigger contracts, the, also the bigger, bigger contracts with the U.S. with U.S. soccer bonus money that comes with that, um, particularly if they win. And, and also the the increase with the with the fair play, I think they're going to get uh, from that from that money. So I think if you ask them, you know, do you want to go win this challenge cup? You know where you get, I think, what ten thousand, ten thousand dollars or something like that. Not nothing, but it certainly pales into comparison what some of those other players are chasing by making the World Cup squad and going out and and winning the World Cup. And I think yep. even if they, even if they like crash out in the group stage, which I don't think happens, I think they still will make way more money at the World Cup than they have ever made, even when they've won it the past couple of years. So when the U.S. women have won it, so um, remains. I think, I think that is will contribute to them saying just keep me rested if you want to throw me 10 minutes in maybe 
But I, I last thing I want to do is pick up an injury um, heading into this uh, heading into this summer. So I think that's the crucial thing is to stay healthy um, for that for that World Cup tournament. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Kindred Spirits. Thank you all so so much for listening again. Uh, you'll hear us on Friday. If you are, if you're a Patreon subscriber yes. at the $5 tier, there's a special episode on Friday that I will tell you about the games coming up on the weekend, but also I'll get to talk to you about this midweek game. So yeah. a little bit of a, little bit of a double, uh, double whammy. So if you're interested in that, patreon.com slash RFK refugees, sign up for the $5 tier, get two episodes a week. Yep, absolutely. And maybe some of the bonus content that I'm, maybe trying, to so. work on, I'm trying to work on as well. All right. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos. Vamos. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Monday Development, available to help you with all of your real estate needs. To get started on your next real estate investment, visit mundydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com.